Welcome to the Ambitious Broker Podcast, where elite real estate professionals share their secrets to success, discuss topics impacting their industry, and gain professional development insights. Enjoy today's episode. Um, when I was around 10 years old, called What Color Is Your Parachute? Because it was about career choices. Oh. And um, again, at the time, I didn't think that was kind of weird. Now I think that's kind of weird. Yeah. But my father said to me, um, pick one thing and do it well. So my little 10-year-old brain started thinking, okay, I have to find one thing that I can I can do well. Right. So in in that sense, my father my father taught me by example, not well, that's, by that's, heavy hand or that's anything. That's really great advice yeah. though. And it doesn't didn't feel like that coming out of his mouth probably. He was just sort of like on autopilot. Well, you know, you know? no, he actually comes up with insightful things. And yeah. when he's there's you know how when someone tells you something and it it sticks in your brain and it makes you stop. And you're not quite, quite sure why, but you're like, ooh, that's important. Yeah. And then it comes back to you over Later. time. Yes. So my father yeah, has so some Like of some voice in the back of your head is going, you haven't been paying attention, but now's this moment. Do it for just a moment. That, that sentence. Yeah, that, that one thing sentence, that someone yeah. says it's a zinger and it like you're like, yeah. this applies to me. This is important to me. Yeah. And I'm not quite sure why, but I got it. This is, and it sticks. I had a lot of questions. I'm a very inquisitive person by nature. Right. And if I want to know something, I will ask question after question after question until you tell me to stop. Right. And so I went to these four guys who all sat in the same quadrant. And I said, listen, I have some questions. These my mentors are out of town. Do you mind if I ask you? Right. They were like, "Oh, sure, ask us." Right? What are they going to say? No, don't ask us. Right. But they had no idea that, that you I wouldn't was stop. Be like on them, mm. right? So literally, it would get to the point where I would walk over to them and they'd all pick up their phones. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, there was no email where I could email them. It was right. like I had to go ask. Right. So, um, uh, but they were very helpful, and I just I just looked everywhere I could, and if if I asked that person and they wouldn't help me, I'd go to the next person. I'd go to the next person right. until I figured until I figured it out. So, so what, what did you figure out? For, oh, go ahead. So there was one story where there was a gentleman who um, he did very well, and uh, he it was a Friday evening, and I forget why, but he needed a ride to LAX, mm-hmm. and he was asking everybody in the office. Everybody had plans, and I said, "I'll I'll take you to LAX, but I want you to." Take an hour with me and show me what you do on your listing presentation. He said, deal, done. And he had a master listing presentation. And so I really learned a lot from him. Yeah. And it was simply a barter, right? I'll give yeah. you a ride. Right. I'll be your Uber. There was right. no Uber. <laughs> and right. just, just spend time with me and show me, like, how the heck to drive this car. Right. And uh, and he did. Were you around? Was Dick Farrell still around when you I were here? Well, Dick Farrell was that guy for me. Okay. He was that guy for me. Um, no, it's effective. And also, mm. what I found was real effective with door knocking is they'd say, we're never moving. I'd say, that's great. Just keep me in mind if you know of anybody who is. And so the area that I was assigned, because it was protected farm, right. didn't turn over. And that's why it was the only area open. That nobody took, yeah. And when they gave me the farm, they're like, I said, well, how, do I have any choice? And they said, well, they had the map on the wall, this, you know, this big of the whole valley. And there's right. just one area. And they um, they said, well, you could go like outside the area. And I said, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I didn't have the wherewithal to think, well, I'll just go to a different company that has an area open because I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. Right. So they said, well, there's that one area. And it had been open because a woman had it tied up who was like 102 and she was retiring and right. there was no business out of it. Right. So, but I said, well, how do I know if it's mm-hmm. good? They said, oh, you have to analyze it. 
How do I analyze it? I don't know how to analyze it. So again, I just dumb. I just said, okay, I followed the rules, right? right? Door knock it, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 to 12, follow up. And I got a lot of, I didn't sell a lot of homes in there because it doesn't turn over. Right. So to this day, it's not a high turnover farm. Um, but a lot of people referred me business. So I right. got business out of it. Right. They're like, uh, one time I got a lead because I was um, door knocking in the rain. And the guy was so impressed, he called me. And like, I don't know, I don't even remember that, but he said to me, my sister's going to sell her house and you were door knocking in the rain. So I know you're willing to work. And right. I was like, okay, probably. Well, I, yeah, it's so funny. It's so true. And and I was the same way. I, I would door knock in 110 degrees with suit, full suit. If it was Monday, Always. Wednesday, Friday, 10 to 12, I was there. It didn't matter what it yeah. was. It didn't matter the rain. But, so people people would say That's to the me. Discipline. It was discipline. Yeah, exactly. It was exactly that that steadiness, that consistency. But, but I would... I would be just perspiring like a like yeah, just like in a the summer. like a dog. It'd be horrible. Yeah. But what I discovered was seeing being miserable and looking miserable, <laughs> people became sympathetic and they, they would invite you in. You. They'd feel sorry for you, they'd invite you in, drinking water and so forth. And so it actually became it was almost like intentional, purposeful at that point, you know, it's just to look miserable so you can it's get effective. invited. Yeah. There you go. They feel sorry for you. But people do see you working and so forth. My father did say something to me when I first started selling. I said, Dad, I sold a house this week. Um, so I moved back home at 21 so I could save save money, right? And because mm-hmm. I didn't know, they said, plan on the first year making no money, and it's going to be your education. So I was like, okay, i got to set a plan, hunker down, cut my expenses, and just put all my money into creating this business. Right. So, um, and my parents were kind to let me move back home. Sure. So, um my, I, I remember I went home and I said, Dad, I sold a house this weekend. I think I'm going to sell another one this weekend. I could feel like I was, I found them a house and they were liking it. Right. And he said, Don't get your hopes up. Just don't, you know, don't, you probably can't. Don't the engineer. Yes. The that engineer. Conservative. Came out. And I was right. so angry at him. I was like, I'm doing this. Just like, and from then on, I didn't tell him anything. One thing that people say about you is that you, that you worked a lot. I do. Yeah. And you still do. I do. You still do. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that. How many billions do you have to have before you slow down? <laughs> I enjoy what I do. Yeah. It's the money is good. And, and for me, like everybody has what they need to make them feel good, whatever their language is, right? They need, right. they need to feel lots of love. They need attention. They need, for me, I need to know that no matter what happens, I won't be in the poorhouse. That's just my own. And that I don't have to ask anybody for anything yeah. and that I'm okay. So that's my own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, you're, you're way, way past that. Yeah, but I have. There's I no have, poor house have, in your um, future. I have. Um, You'd have to let me issues. manage your. You'd let, I'd have to manage your money for you to end up in the poor house, for God's sakes. That, 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 yeah. But it's it's not, and I know it sounds corny, but it is. Yes, it is about the money, but it's not just about the money. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy being good at what I do. Yeah. I enjoy doing a good job. I enjoy knowing that when you call me to your house, man, I can handle this for you, and I'm good at it. So right. step aside. Let me do this. And that makes me feel good right. when they're like, wow, because I know how to do it. Okay, I know so how to do it well. This whole team concept today, you know, which is you know, it's another story I'm not real happy about because most teams aren't like your team where they're there to support you. Most teams are some sort of And do of you know why? Fraud. Because I was shut down, right? Like I was mm-hmm. – when I, I remember a guy came to me. So now I have people working for me administratively. Right. And this guy came to me and he said, Stephanie – I'm a good agent. You can't handle all of these these leads. There's just not enough hours in the day. I said, right. you're right. He said, so let me join your team. We'll work them together. So I did that. And my broker said, 
You can't do that. I'm the broker. You're not the broker. You can't have some. You can't have a buyer's agent working for you. Right. And I was like, what? Okay. Well, it just seemed like the next logical progression. Sure. And it was, but that was before people had buyer's agents, right? Right. They would just refer it out. So right. he came to me and and I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Join my team. We'll work this together. We'll grow. Nope, couldn't do it. So I had to figure out another way to make it make get it that happen. work. Well, you know what I found, what I saw was that, you know, and what you did was right. And I think this is an important point for the ambitious brokers. And that is that if you're going to bring someone in um, and start doing paperwork for you or assisting you in some Administrative. way. Administratively or whatever it is they're going to do. If you're not taking that time that that you spent doing those things that this person is doing and use that time. To go get more business or to be all they be, they're, they're an expense then, they're not an investment. Yeah. You know, and I, that's what I saw people do. And, or they would bring, uh, they'd bring assistance in without really knowing what they wanted them to do. I would see people with assistance for six months and still not have the relationship ironed out. You do this, I do that. It was sort of not understanding exactly what I want them to do. You sort of had a clear vision that I need more time doing that. So taking you and having you do this. Well, let me do more of that. Yeah. Not give me more time. I had a property. This was during the Occupy LA, if you remember that whole yep. situation. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was a woman in her house was in Sherman Oaks. And she her name was Bertha. Um, the painful ones I always remember, right? <laughs> you remember their names. You remember the address. Um, and uh, she had she was not a young woman. And she had just been using her home as an ATM. And she had just refinance, suck the money out, refinance, suck the money out, just didn't make the payments for six years. She didn't make the payments. Wow. So after going through everything, it finally came down to foreclosure. And right. because she was not a young woman, she played the not, I've sucked all the money out of my house and haven't paid for six years. Right. But part of I promise to pay when you sign, right? It was the banks taking advantage of an elderly woman. So the she next called, step. Yeah. So we have, she's not moving. We have a sheriff's lockout. And that's where we have to go show up with the with the police, with the sheriffs and our locksmith. Right. So it's the day of the sheriff's lockout. And I had a guy on my team that would show up for the sheriff's lockout. Sure, you know, sheriff knocks on the door. Right. If usually they're gone by that time, but the real special ones stay. <laughs> right. Right. And then they have to be escorted out. Right. So um my guy gets there with the sheriffs and the locksmith and um Fox News. Telemundo. She and, called everybody. Um, oh, I don't know what the other one was. Another one of the big ones are there. And Occupy LA is there. And they've got their tents in the front yard, in the backyard. And they're there. And they're picketing up and down all over the house. And <laughs> poor Bertha, we're throwing her out of her house. Right. Now, you can't argue and say, wait a minute. She didn't pay for six years. Do you know who's paying for that? All of you are paying for that. Right. We're all paying for this. Right. She used the money. She ate the sandwich. She didn't pay. She right. and she she did consent anyway. So I was not there, luckily, because the news lady says Stephanie Vitaco, evil realtor. Yeah, <laughs> throwing people out on yes. their yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I mean, we had to, and then they showed up at the office because they were looking for a sensation, right? They want sure. this this big and everything, and um, uh. We had to get them out of the property. So we had the um, preservation guy turn the sprinklers on. <laughs> <laughs> and chase them all. They did. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that was one. So let me ask you this question here. You've been around agents 
all these years. And um, so I, I know that we watch these people who come in the business and we've got a lot of ambitious brokers, people who aren't icon status yet, like yourself, but certainly want to be. And we've seen agents come and go throughout these years. In fact, our industry turns about 15% a year over. So every now and then you get the feeling that you just want to grab someone by the lapels, maybe take some, make some, some symbols and just slap them upside the head with the symbols and go, can you please just stop and listen for a second? Um, so when you've gotten a person's attention like that, what is it that you're that you're going to say to that person? Prospect. Shut up and listen. Just well, yeah, definitely that. Uh, you know, you don't know it all. Uh, ask people. Um, that's what makes good business happen is dialogue. Uh, but as far as you know, what is it going to take for you to be successful? In one word, it's prospecting. It, it is. It is just staying in touch with people, constantly being there. And I'm not talking cold call prospecting. I'm talking about any contact that you make with any lead that you have or any person that you know, that they need to know that you're in real estate and you're there to help them. And you have to have that right. uh, innate quality, uh, hopefully. And if not, you have to cultivate it in, in caring about what that other people what that other person is going to do in their life. Uh, because if you do, right. it's, it's going to come back and benefit, no doubt. So it really, if, you, if that's the, the foundation, a lot of ways to get there, mm -hmm. right? You farm, you have these parties and so forth. Uh, but the number's a couple thousand probably. Mm -hmm. It probably is. It probably is. Yeah. And while numbers are important, it's who is out bird dogging for you. Who is out looking? And I have a listing right now that I only got. Advocates, your advocate. They are my, they literally have a bullhorn out. And when they hear that somebody's thinking of selling. Right. Uh, I probably have three or four things going on right now. Right. Because people, oh, uh, Chris, my next door neighbor is thinking of selling. Do you mind if I give them your number? Please do. Right. Immediately. Right. Um, and I hope to have that listing paperwork today. But uh, it's it's having the people that are truly out there searching for listings for you, right? And then delivering because not only am I working for the referral, I'm working to the person that referred. All right. So I had asked you to give me one weird, crazy story, strangest thing that ever happened in the real estate business for you. Oh, a client experience, something that made you laugh, or something that uh, just unusual. Um. Well, I I've I think the first thing that comes to my mind, just wild crazy, is I had a listing on Chatsworth, in Chatsworth, and it wasn't selling. The couple was getting a divorce, and I truly felt bad for them. Mm -hmm. And I told them that they need to get their gardener back, and they need to paint the inside of their house. It's dirty, and it just, the lawn is thick, and they said, we don't have money for that. So the truth is, they had paint in the garage. I brought a roller, and during the open house, it was really slow. I painted their hallway for them. And as people would come in, I put my paint away. And I would haul my lawnmower and mow their lawn. Did it yourself? Did it myself. Did it myself. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. Um, well, yeah, no, I, I think it's a great story. Just, I, just I know you, I know, don't you, do you still carry uh, the overalls in your car? 
I sure do. I mean, so I'm that's that's a good story. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've heard you. Oh, I have I've heard you flatter termite people because you you. I know. You, 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 you put on your you put on your overhauls and yep, call underneath the house. Yeah, go under that house. Yeah. Okay, I do have a story. I okay. want to track that one. All right. I was out farming about uh, ten years ago in Buckingham Estates, mm -hmm. Billy Robertson's house, famous pool maker, and he has these beautiful iron gates. They're about, in my mind, they're 20 feet tall. They're probably nine feet tall. Yeah. Gorgeous iron gates. It's six in the morning, and usually those gates are locked for me to put my flyer. I push on the gate, and it opened, and I thought, this <laughs> is beautiful. I'm getting to the front door this time. Right. I put my flyer up, and unbeknownst to me, the gate locked behind me. <laughs> and I am stuck in his courtyard right. at six in the morning. I'm looking around, first of all, I want to see, are there cameras? Are they going to see? They are security, yeah. Do you think I could climb over that? I've got my stack of stuff. Can I climb over this? I'm a little humiliated. <laughs> looking around, I look at the window, and there they are, eating their breakfast, smiling at me. <laughs> I wave. I wave. <laughs> And they are cracking up. <laughs> and I was grateful that I wasn't humiliated having yeah. to climb over there. That's so fun. And about six years later, I listed their home yeah. and sold it. And that was a beautiful moment. Yeah. Here's my here's my advice. Okay. If they're not coaching with you, they got to find somebody else. Right. But at the end of the day, they've got to have guidance. They've got to have goals. They've got to have accountability. Right. I mean, Mike has taught me so much. And... If anybody has any questions and they reach out to you, they can reach out to me. Uh, I'll be happy to talk to them. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, just, just to have someone to bounce ideas off of, yeah. even if, if it meant them well. Let me tell you why I'm doing this. Okay. So this is not a show that's designed to be some kind of a moneymaker or anything of that nature at all uh, or to, you know, to break any kind of viewing records. When I first started, I met a guy. Who and I've told the story on some of the other shows. I met a guy who, uh, who I just hooked up with. He worked at a different company, and I was door knocking. His name kept coming up, and uh, I called the guy up and I said, "You know, I, I got to talk to you, man, because I, I'm, I'm meeting people and uh, uh, everyone's talking about you, and I got to know what you know that I need to know." And uh, I called the guy up, and he was a superstar a well-known uh, person in the industry. And the guy was gracious as hell. He said, and he just took time with me. We did lunch and then we actually became friends. And uh, over time, pr probably in real estate, the most influential person for me personally, oh, wow. at least in terms of my sales career. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, I think back at how many times we had a chance to talk to people like that. Uh, or like you, you're a busy guy. And by the way, thank you very much. I, I know you're busy, man. And to come in and to share with it, uh, you know, is is special, and we appreciate it. I hope that uh, that there'll be people who uh, will dial in and, and get to have a chance to at least have you know a long lunch with you today, uh, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so my whole idea is to say uh, is to get get mindset out to people as much as anything. We're not going to teach in an hour or an hour and change how to close and how to give listing presentations, but we can talk about 
the the personal makeup, you know, what it is that makes something you know special. And and, and I want to be kind of transparent with everyone. I've known you since the day you started in real estate. You were my first broker, and um, and so we've known each other for a long time. And uh, w- while we've not been social friends per se, uh, we, uh, you know, I've always watched you from afar. And after I sold my company. Uh, it, you know, paced you very closely. And I'm very proud of what you've done uh, as a, just a business person. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Ambitious Broker Podcast, where elite real estate professionals share their secrets to success, discuss topics impacting their industry, and gain professional development insights. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please rate it and leave a review.